mundo que te dirija la ingeniería todo compones mentiras tuyas solo mentiras porque en el barrio hay mucha listening to 103.5 FM WNHH he's listening to Jose Candelario here keeping it 100 so I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hesitate with anyone we're gonna get right into it today we got our our guest esteemed astute gentleman Mr. Gary Tinney is in the building thank you Mr. Gary Tinney for those who don't know who Mr. Gary Tinney is he's a retired firefighter but now he's taking on uh the helm and uh, and the fight uh, in his career to continue to contribute. He didn't take his pension and run. He took his pension and paid attention. So I, we appreciate that for him. And today we're going to conversate a little bit about his interests, um, his career, where he came from. And hopefully um, there's some young people out there that want to get to public safety. This is the interview to listen to. If you're into public safety, if you're interested in public safety, please tune in. Let somebody know this is the conversation we're having today. Let's start, Garrett. For those who don't know you, you're pretty infamous in this town. I mean, everyone knows who you are by now because you're involved in how many organizations? At least 15. <laughs> 15. And, uh, yeah. So what, what, name, name some of these organizations you're, you're in. Um, I serve on the board of the New Haven Scholarship Fund, mm-hmm. the vice president of New Haven Scholarship Fund. Uh, New Haven Scholarship Fund has, has been around since 1957. Started at Hill House. A teacher at Hill House started. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, it's, it's still going strong. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the board that I serve on, it's, uh, most of the folks are, are uh, past educators and current educators in the school system. Okay. And then what else? What else? What are you you're fi- um, in, the fire, in the fire area? Uh, International Association of Black Professional Firefighters. I'm the vice president. We have chapters throughout the country and beyond um, and members in Africa and London and all over the world. And uh, I've been serving as vice president for almost two years now. Wow, wow. And we have our our local chapter here uh, that's part of the international is the New Haven Firebird Society. And we have the Phoenix Society in Hartford, and uh, we have chapters all over. <laughs> so these are just a few of, these are two of the organizations of, of many that you're involved with. I mean, let's go, I want to go back into the beginning of your career before, as you first thought about public safety. Um, was it something like, you know, is it like when you were a child, like most of us, I want to be a firefighter, or was it something that, 
someone that led you to or? Well, it never actually never crossed my mind. I grew up on Southwest Drive and Division Street in the Newhallville okay. area. And uh, what happened was I was introduced to a couple of uh, firefighters hmm. and they became my mentors, George Sweeney and Raymond Nelson. And they're the ones that really convinced me that, you know, you really need to take a look at this. You know, I was so young, going through some stuff, and they pointed me in the right direction and and uh, ended up becoming a firefighter. So, again, this is a recurrent theme here at, mm-hmm. at, on this show is the importance of mentorship yeah. and, and being able to re- – what, what can you tell a young person right now that, that thinks they know it all? Because, you know, when we're 15, 17, right. you can't tell – can't tell me nothing, but how how important is it for you to be to humble yourself and take some of this advice? Well, first and foremost, I would advise them to you know at least sit down and listen and speak to. I I had a I always surrounded myself by my elders. Uh, I spent a lot of time at the Knickerbockers Golf Club. Um, <laughs> yeah, met a lot of folks through there. Um, actually, that's where I you know Raymond and Mr. George Sweeney. Mm. Um, but uh, just sitting down, listening to their advice. You know, I didn't have to agree with everything, but listen, you know, try to meet them halfway. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I did listen because, I, you know, I learned a lot. And it, it turned to life lessons that have made a, a huge uh, impact on my life. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, the other big thing that, that and about the little part of the story you told me that I, I find very important to me, uh, being from New Haven and being from the bill mm-hmm. that we we're still here we're still here <laughs> you're still here so you, it is possible you know uh, uh, you know because we always hear these stories yeah you, know, you come from the hood you ain't going out to nothing but it is possible there are people and you you weren't that into the streets were you or were you really heavy into I, the streets i was i was in the mix put it that way <laughs> i uh i could have gone in the wrong direction but this this career this this job opportunity um took me and put me in a place and, and then another thing that saved my soul is the fact that i had a daughter oh that always slows you down yeah so my daughter and uh, i turned i was 30 years old um i have one child my daughter taylor tinney and uh that changed my life mm. you know and i couldn't complain about anything about my upbringing because i had you know i had I was, i'm the baby in the family <laughs> i had one brother and three sisters who were uh you know, who made a huge impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when they say it takes a village, it does. It takes a village. And, and, and fortunately, I, you know, I had that. And, we, and that's what we have to do as far as uh, when you talk about mentoring and, and reaching these young folks is, uh, you know, taking the time to s- sit down and talk to them. Because what we're seeing now in this, in this world and, and in this country, it's, it's alarming. Barbara Fair is chiming in. Oh, well, Miriam Sheffield, uh, well, no, that was, that's earlier. Barbara Fair just chimed in and said, opportunity allows many of us to take a different path in life. Yes. And that opportunity was afforded to you. The window opened. Yes. And, and you, jumped, you jumped through it. Yeah. That, uh, did you hesitate? I mean, what, was there friction? You know, because you make it sound like it was like one, you know, like a great conference. But was there, did you fight a little bit against, you know, people telling you, to do this or to go into a different direction? Yes. But again, fortunately, you know, like she said, like Ms. Fair said, the opportunity. So that's why I become a strong advocate for opportunity and, and giving our, our young folks in our community opportunity to, you know, have a chance at these career paths. And, uh, you know, and that's been a challenge. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's been a, a real challenge. Um, and when you look at, uh, 
I'll give you an example. Uh, say about seven or eight years ago, uh, we looked at some data with the New Haven Fire Department, and uh, it showed that over uh, over eighteen million dollars was being outsourced because the folks that were firefighters mm-hmm. weren't from New Haven. Mm. So when you and then they did a, uh, they put some numbers together, and that's where that number came up. And and, and again, when you're not hiring from in the community, you know these folks aren't going to be here. They're not going to coach little league. They're not going to coach football. They're not going to mentor. You know the majority. No, no, no. They come to work and they go home. I yeah, mean, they, right. they, not, it's not the life of the firefighter is not easy to begin with. Oh, I mean, the yeah. shifts are difficult. So the little bit of free time in between, if you have to be in a different city, then yeah, you're not allowed to at least go down the street and help out and, and work with with the youth or give a couple of hours during your week. Right. Exactly. So that's why you know again it's important to belong to these organizations. I you know I mentioned a couple, but you also have you know Pop Smith Little League. Mm-hmm. I've been part of that organization for over 25 years. Um, but there you have a group of individuals that have been committed to that organization for over four, 35 years. And those are the folks we need to, you know, tap on the back and say thank you. Because mm-hmm. each year they, they're able to tap into at least, you know, 300, 300 325 kids. Mm. So you have to give them their props and uh, hopefully one day they'll get a new baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> If you're listening out there and you have funding sources, Mr. Aldermans and older women of uh, uh, New Haven, because uh, I, I guess the Pop Warner field that we're using is right, the one out there by Hill House. On, Correct. Uh, on, yeah. Right, right? Walter Pop Smith. Yeah. Walter Pop Smith. So that does need a little upgrading because I've seen some of these uh, suburban baseball fields and they look like like the triple-A, double-A <laughs> facilities <laughs> when you go, you know, one, two times over. So yeah. why can't we have that kind of facility in our town? I mean, when, when I'm, there are other cities that I go to that take sports very serious. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to Texas, in Texas, when, when any at any level, those facilities are top notch from the ground up. Yes. And they, they're really that's why people say, oh, they got they pump out so many athletes is because they train them, train them, and they got the facilities to train them in and the equipment to do it with. So yeah, that now that's why every other draft pick comes from you know that there versus here. We haven't sent. Uh, we probably haven't had a draft pick in a minute out of here, yeah. right? <laughs> Tom Williamson. No, yeah. I don't nah, want to go that right. far back. Yeah, no, nah, it's been a while, but it's it's you know again we have to invest in what we want. We want to see change. We have to invest in change. When you talk about the baseball field, the basketball courts, the you know a lot of upbringing goes on in those, in those places, mm-hmm. and we have to be there. And you know we have to show. We have to you know, watch a game, talk to some of these young folks and try to point them in the right direction and show them that, look, you know, we were here, you know, didn't been there done that. And uh, fortunately, we were blessed enough to to prevail. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I retired when I was 50, 53. You're, you're, you're yeah. aging yourself. Don't age yeah, yourself now. Yeah. You know <laughs> 53. <laughs> All the ladies out there, yeah. he's only 45. <laughs> but, uh, but no, the, again, the opportunity, mm-hmm. and, and we have to add, we can't become complacent once we get in these positions. That's another issue. That, yeah, we were, we, you know, that, that's the thing I was going to say. Now you retired, and, and I'm, I'm sure that, okay, well, Barbara Fair just chimed in, says, since the governor is in the city seeking our vote, it's an opportunity to get him to commit some revenue to our city. Mm-hmm. You know, this is political season. Yes. Uh, and and right now it is the the money trap. So you're you're right, Barbara. This is a good time to mention it. So as we're having these conversations, we should continue the dialogue with the people in power with the money uh, to to push forward. Uh, 
I don't want to change it too too quick, too quick, but mm-hmm. on, on the term of education, you said that you had a public safety program at Hill House at one time. Yes. Can you describe what that program was or is? Well, what happens in the fire service too, most of uh, the, the, predominantly the fire service men, white males. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you only have currently, I think there's 7% African-Americans in the fire service. 7%. African American in the fire service in the state or national? Nationally. Nationally. Only seven percent. So it's down from in the late seventies. Because in the late seventies we had consent decrees and we still there's still some out there, but consent decrees forced cities to to hire oh. know, people of color. So now they're oh we're good. We don't need to consent decrees. Uh, so those policies aren't there. So they, so they mean so you so you tell me like the cities like Norwalk who don't have anyone. Yes. <laughs> Hardly anyone. No, no female, right? No. Well, yeah, Hamden. Hamden. No females. Um, if you if you do the statistics, you look at residency on mm-hmm. on some of these departments, mm-hmm. um, and you look at gender. It's 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 challenging to say the least. You know, females in the fire service uh, is uh, you know you have folks out there that are fighting every day to make these necessary changes, and that's what our organization is about too. We're about community and, and making change. And level in the playing field so we can see some of our folks. And that's why the public safety was part of that. Okay. Because um, what it did was introduce folks. Every week you had at least 10 police officers and 10 firefighters in the classroom with these kids. Every Wednesday. Wow. Um, you had Yale students, a group of Yale students tutoring these young folks over at Hill House. Um, we would go to uh, UNH. We had a partnership with UNH, Mr. Carbone. And a uh, few of the students were able to uh, attain college credits through the certifications we had. So when you go to hire, you know, again, this was 11, 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. You, you you expose these kids to these career paths. You give them the certifications. They're from your community. So who best to, to hire? They're mm-hmm. going to stay in your community, most of them. They're going to spend money in your community, and they're going to get back to you. So that was the goal, you know, to save. And my, my thing is to save some souls. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because my I was fortunate enough, my soul was saved. And uh, I just want to make sure that folks, if interested in this, they have a, a, a level playing field to to accomplish this. I, and I would just want to emphasize the importance of the certifications, because in other communities, there are fire, volunteer fire departments where you can go in these more affluent communities and go get your certification and be then eligible to go move into a city fire department fairly easily. Yes. But how many of us live in those affluent communities with volunteer fire departments to attain those? That's why the certification, especially in the inner city and the program you were doing, Mm -hmm. is so important. Yes. So important to give those, you know, at least a a chance at getting employed uh, within city limits. Right. And and then showing them, showing them the, the pathway. You know, that was it, showing them the pathway, you know, either it be law, fire. You know, we I, I can remember one, I'll never forget, I had a um, young lady come down from the state forensics. And she was talking to the class. And this is at the time when everybody was watching CSI and everything like that. Um, and we, we asked the question, how many of you in this room are interested in becoming a police officer? Mm-hmm. We might have maybe one. Mm-hmm. And then after they saw the presentation, and what it entailed, it wasn't just, you know, seeing cops on the beat um, ask the same question. The mm. Numbers went up to like 90 percent because they didn't know the different parts of it. So we would bring them. We'd bring them to uh, UNH and show them the forensics lab. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the, one of Henry the best. Lee, yeah, Henry, Henry Lee. Yep, yeah. Yep. 
So it's, you know, once your folks, they see it, when they see firefighters of color, when they see that female firefighter, you know, that meant the world to them. And uh, fortunately, in this last class in New Haven, um, a lot we saw the fruits of our labor. You know, it doesn't happen immediately, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I ran into folks, and, and uh, one of the young men that was part of that program mm-hmm. became a firefighter. Nice. New Haven, New Hallville, um, phenomenal young man, new family. Uh, and it wasn't just one. It was several of them, several of these young individuals that I had an opportunity to, to mentor and to see them, you know, with their families, with their grandmothers, their mothers, and the grandmothers crying. And, you know, that's what it's all about. My boy made it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's... It's, it's important. I, I, in case you're wondering, you're listening to Keeping It 100. I'm Jose Candelario, 103.5 FM, WNHH, NewHavenIndependent.org, powered by La Voz Hispana, because if I don't say that, Norma will have my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're listening to a conversation with a retired firefighter, but now community activist and leader, Gary Tenney. And we're discussing uh, public safety and his involvement and his encouragement of our youth to get involved um, in this. So I, now I want to switch gears because you know me, man, I'm on the fly here. But let's go back to your your time in the fire department. Yes. Um, you're lucky today. Our teams. Go, oh no, this is someone someone already uh, trying to to jump on our uh, on our popularity here online. No, no, we're not doing any sales. Um, where was I? We were going to talk uh, about your time in the service. And um, now, once you get in, the struggle is not over. Once you get into an organization or any organization, especially uh, government or, or um, well, specifically government, is no different than a private sector where you have to crawl your way up and claw your way up. And it's not the same for a person of color versus a person of non-color. Can you talk a little bit about your struggles, what you saw, and what how to, what you had to overcome? Yes. Um, um, fortunately, I became I ended up becoming the president of New Haven Firebird Society, which is the local chapter of mm-hmm. our international. Um, and we were the you know you talk about community service, and that's what I always stress to the especially the younger firefighters: community service and work ethic. So, regardless of what they say do. You take care of the community, the community is going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to protect you to make sure that they don't uh, put you in a place where you're going to lose your, your career. Uh, that being said, uh, that's, you know, I think around my third year, I really learned what what the service was about and mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. the brotherhood, sisterhood. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I saw some things that I, I really didn't care for um, pertaining to just empathy and sympathy for um, other folks lack lack thereof lack there lack thereof yeah, okay lack thereof. <laughs> that um, is concerning um and I'll, I'll just name one one issue sickle cell hmm. I, I forgot to mention that i'm very interested you know that's that's i i uh, put a lot of work into sickle cell mm-hmm. and the uh, outreach because yeah yeah because it, it does affect uh the minority community especially african-american community a little bit more than yes. than average and uh you know we we'd always do a boot drive for muscular dystrophy Go out, you saw, you'll see mm-hmm. the firefighter. Yep, I see. Yeah. So we came up with the concept of, uh, we said, ring the bell for sickle cell. We'll do the MDA, but we'll, we want to do the boot drive also mm-hmm. for sickle cell. And we started that, and, uh, you know, I had folks, uh, I'm just I'm just going back to some of the calls I would 
We would no, no, I, I want to. I, you know, you, we can talk about causes, but let's let's talk about like discrimination in the workplace. Right. Can we talk to, talk a little bit yes. about that? I mean, because look, when I worked in certain places in the industry, I wish I had someone to guide me through it and, and explain to me how things work, especially when it came to, to a person of color in, in an environment like that. It was very difficult for me to navigate. Um, and and as a fire in the fire department is no different. No. It is no different than any other organization. So hard hard. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Is let's talk about it. I okay. mean, was it hard? No, it was hard because once you once you take a stand and you stand firm on your beliefs and you want to change things, you become that that monster in the room. Mm-hmm. So when I, I would I could walk into some rooms and folks would just turn around and walk away. They didn't want to be near me. So now I'm starting to think, ah, how about if I have a fire? Some you know how can mm-hmm. I trust? You got to trust. Now you got to trust back. Mm-hmm. Um. But that didn't stop me because, again, of my upbringing and, and, and what my sisters and my brother, my mother and father taught me um, is to stand firm. And we stand on the shoulders of others who, who continue to fight against discrimination. And on a daily basis, I would see the difference of the way folks were dealt with, the way they were disciplined. And today it's worse. Mm. So that's that's why it's important to have organizations like yours yes. that, that's there to uh, survey and, and look over because but was this in existence when, while you were a fire yes. fire? So you, this was already yes. there. So you use this resource as an employee to really guide and assist you through, through navigating your workplace. Right. Because it's, it's like another family, our international association of black professional firefighters. It's, uh, I don't know how I would have survived without being connected with them mm-hmm. because it's a family. You meet people from all over the country. We sit, we strategize and we, we, we come up with different programs. Um, I'll give you an example. Okay, we see a problem with uh, uh, with females being hired and fired upon. Guess mm-hmm. what? We start fire camps. We just started a new fire camp. Our, our national president, wow. Carrie Edwards Clemens, uh-huh. uh-huh. who's our first female president of our organization over 50 years. Uh, um, mm-hmm. um, she just, they started a fire camp in Flint, Michigan. There's one in New Britain now. So if you really want to make change, you really want to change the demographics, of the fire service or any service, mm-hmm. invest in the schools and, you know, set up policies and procedures and training programs so that these folks can get these certifications and, 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 are, and can attain these jobs. Uh, you, you, you've had, you were a little litigious during your career in the fire department. Um, how hard was that for you? It was, I mean, it, it, to me, it must have tore you apart to, to you know, to, to stand up against something that you really love and believe in. Well, it did. But the, you know, the the fruits of your labor, um, you know, I, I, I sued a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those, for those who are listening, um, Mr. Gary Tenney sued the, the city of New Haven over some policies um, that he found uh, were creating some injustices within the fire department. Yeah. And then another thing is that not only you're dealing with the city, then you got to deal with the union and their positions on things. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm for unions. I'm very supportive mm-hmm. of unions. But. A union is supposed to protect the members, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of race or gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was a challenge. So, you know, you're fighting, you're paying folks that are spending their money to, to whoop you, in a sense. Mm. And and that's that bothered me. Um, so, again, it's an everyday thing. We continue to fight. We continue to change policy. You think you look at the residency the new haven residency points that was a hard fight 
that was a hard fight. So what 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 is it? Where is the deep point? Can you describe that a little bit? Well, what, what happens those, is yeah. Um, if if you if when the departments go to hire, mm-hmm. and if you're a resident like Harford, you have to be a resident. Mm. You won't get the job. So if you look at Harford, that's one of the you know that's one of the most diverse departments mm-hmm. because you know that residency makes a difference. This way, you you know you're not seeing all these folks from out of town. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at them for coming, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, but, um, and that's why you see the numbers. That's where you see the disparities. But, but when you get the resident, I'll give you an example, Bridgeport, when they get, when they begin using the residency points, it totally flipped the, mm. the demographics of the hiring. So mm. you start to see more black and brown, you start to see females, you start to seeing, um, Bridgeport residents. Mm-hmm. So that's what just happened in New Haven. They, mm. they utilize the residency points and the numbers change. Oh, so you were part of that fight. You're proud. You're proud. You're yeah, proudly. But, but again, there were many mm-hmm. people, and this applies to not just fire. Again, this applies to, the, you know, if you look at the demographics, I can sit here and tell you what I, you know. Yeah, tell me, tell talk, you. talk. But if Spend you the knowledge. look at the demographics of our surrounding towns in the greater New Haven area, and you see the disparities, you see the departments without women, without African-American, without Hispanic, and it's alarming. Mm-hmm. The numbers are alarming. And my my take too is is when you hire, sometimes when you go and you hire folks from the outside that never really experienced a, a, a very diverse community, you give them a badge, you give them a badge and a gun, mm-hmm. you put them in. What do you position ex- of power? Right. Mm-hmm. And what do you, what do you expect? You know, sometimes you're gonna you know a lot of times you're gonna get a, a good person um, to do the job the way they're supposed to, but sometimes you're gonna get some folks that just don't know how to. You know how to deal with the with our communities. How to relate, no great relationship, right. and create that trust. Yeah, but they, when people come in with their backgrounds, you never know what kind of filters that they have, and especially when they're from the suburbs, they might have a lack of filters, which is even more dangerous at times. So yeah. you know, and that does affect how they re- react and commu- you know interact with the community. And the last thing you need is the community not to trust yeah. your firefighters and your police department because there's. There's not a reflection of who they are. They don't see themselves in the mirror. They see someone else right. totally different. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I going back to like the sickle cell incident, mm-hmm. I can remember going on calls and folks, oh, why are we going on the call because of uh, a leg pain or arm pain? Or, and I had to explain to them. I had to pull them aside and say, look, do you know what sickle cell is? And I had to explain to them the pain that these folks are going through. And I, and I said, if I were to grab your elbow and squeeze it hard as I could, that's that's the type of pain, and then most of the, a lot of the patients are allergic to the medications. Mm. So I mean, their their you know their life um, journey is, is is. So you encourage the fire department to go ahead and answer these calls, and when they involved in sickle cell, in, in, on top of on top or as part of there. Well, I had to explain to them why we were going on the call. You know, they're going to go. If somebody calls nine one one, we're mm-hmm. going. But I had to explain to them that this isn't no you know this isn't. Uh, a, a call that we shouldn't be going on. We need to be there to one comfort to make, because what happens with sickle cell folks go into crisis and, and then they have to go to the hospital and they're in there, you know, they have to recover from it. Mm. Um, unfortunately, a best friend of mine. And the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because he, he died a couple of years ago. I grew up with, he grew up on division street with me, mm-hmm. but he lived to 59, 60, mm. but, but because of the, um, the work that the sickle cell foundation, you know, you think about there's a, a Jenis and Jane, Jim Rawlings and uh, Dolores Williams. You got folks that have been, um, 
you know, very, very, uh, just they made a huge difference in the lives of many of these folks. So that's the type of stuff that I like getting into. Oh, wow. That is, uh, that is, uh, I thank you for taking on the helm of educating and pushing us forward. It is greatly appreciated. You're listening to Keeping It 100. I'm Jose Candelario, 103.5 FM, newhavenindependent.org, powered by La Voz Hispana. You're listening to uh, retired firefighter and now community activist and leader Gary Tenney, um, sharing us his stories of uh, of uh, his journey as a public safety public safety officer in which he continues to do to this day. Um, we, we talked a lot the other night when mm-hmm. we had that private conversation. Now I don't even know which way we want to go. Uh, you know, I'm going to give you the helm. What, okay. What's on your mind? Well, one thing I wanted to talk about, and in, in, uh, this is about, I call it the fire within. Mm-hmm. Um, we partnered with, uh, you know, we had a, a, a line of duty death not too long ago. Yes. And then uh, my mentee, Samad uh, Rankins, you know, he, mm-hmm. he almost didn't make it, but he, he fortunately, he, he's here and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we talk every day. <laughs> good, good, good. But, I mean, that being said, um we talk about mental health. People don't realize that suicide is the number one cause of death in the fire. Wow. Well, amongst all safety, I mean, public safety, yeah. even police, even police and firefighters, but it, it affects everyone differently. Yeah. So, so why, you know, you, when we have a line of duty death, you know, the folks are, they, they get their pension and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when there's a suicide, it's a whole nother, you know, we really need to start looking at the mental health part of it. Mm-hmm. And in, in some policies in some cities, uh, you know, you're kind of penalized for you know mental health because mental health turns into drinking drugs, mm-hmm. domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, might get written up and, and fired before they actually help, right. start helping you. Exactly. So my thing is that departments need to really look at that and not discipline folks that are going through it. Find them help, you know, and that's what Clifford Beers has done. So mm-hmm. each month. We meet with Clifford Beardge. Wow. And we have a thing called a circle mm-hmm. where folks talk about their careers and, and what they've experienced. And, I mean, I, I've had folks come in there that I really didn't talk to that much on the job. But now we're in this circle talking about how they feel and what was on their mind and uh, their journey, you know. So it's become a really powerful, powerful circle, um, mm. a, a circle of healing. Mm-hmm. But my my goal is to make sure there's some legislation yes. that protects folks that are and and their pensions because in some of these cases you know when when their suicide is involved they cut a lot of these benefits away and yes. they're not eligible because of the manner of the deceased so that is very important in changing those especially for our public safety officers so if you're listening out there and you're a public safety officer um and and you, or you're retired or you're active and you do. You know, you do want to talk to someone. Mr. Tenney is here. There is something available to you as a resource in case you didn't know about it because um, the decimation of information sometimes isn't there. We don't get to everyone within the organization while they're active, too. It's like, how can you have an active firefighter going through something when this resource exists Exactly on this other side? And don't be ashamed. You know, don't be ashamed to reach out for help because we all need it. Yeah, you know, but people think... Pride, it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you, you know, because pride, pride's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to admit that you can, you know, to you need a little bit of help. Maybe you should talk to someone. And you know, I like I told my daughter, sometimes you know, it's just talk. Just go and just talk. Yep. And then maybe you'll find out what it is that your boss bothering you because we don't all have the answers. Right. But 
we all can can use the support and, and the time with each other. That is, thank you for pointing that out. Wow. Um, and the rates in our fire department are, are, I mean, we don't have that kind of high suicide rate amongst here in New Haven, or, or is this is like a national thing? It's a national, and it's becoming more prevalent. Okay. So, uh, so, so we trying. You already see it coming. Yes. You're trying to head it off, then. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's here, and uh, unfortunately, it's happening more and more. The problems here, and I, I tell you, I get a call almost every other week about someone that has committed suicide. Wow, wow! Because you're involved nationally, so you you are in this pipeline of information that that gives you access that the normal, the average person does not have. That that's informative. Um, uh, so you're in the fire department. You're you're working hard. What other resources do you think, or do you consider that um our safety officers need or should be aware of? Well. Well, one thing. Mental I mean, health is number one. Mental <laughs> health and people skills. You know, treat people like you, you want. When you go on these calls, you treat folks like they're, they're your mother, your father. Um, sh- you know, show that empathy. Uh, just let people know that you care. Because, mm-hmm. again, when you when you tap into the community, when you embrace the community, and you're looking for those contracts, and you're looking for folks to support the fire department, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're going to fire. They're going to they're going to have your back. Mm-hmm. When they see you continuously in the community, so that I, that's one message I want to get to these young folks. Learn: the more you come out in the community, the more uh, volunteering that you're doing. Um, those where you, you you learn a lot of life lessons, but mm-hmm. you see the needs of others. You now you start to appreciate what you have, and you see what folks don't have, um, and you, you want to be that that change maker. You want to make that difference to maybe make their life a little bit better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's that goes a long way. That's, that's a great messaging. So that's something that you see prevalent. But I think that's in, in any department, I guess, in government or any um, public public service that you're in, that that you you should be in here for the people. Yes. And uh, you know, being a firefighter, fighting a fire is one thing, but um, being uh, a servant to the community is another. To yes. protect and serve is is a whole different level of uh, service. Uh, so that's that's your message to the young guys coming in. Yeah, uh, young, young, guys. young men and women. To young come men, in. And some of these old heads who still oh, stuck yeah, in the ways. Yeah, uh, believe me, I've had it out with a few of them. <laughs> they, they, they still, they yeah. still, in, they want to uh, be in their position. It doesn't and change is hard. Mental change, like mm-hmm. to change your attitude, is hard. It's not easy. Um, but uh, you encourage that also. Uh, New Haven, uh, how, how do you see New Haven's uh, fire trucks? Are we up to date with them? And uh, do you see uh, our facilities look good? Because our buildings are always well-maintained here in New Haven when it comes to that uh, that level. Yeah, I mean, some of the buildings are old. And actually, I really I haven't been in a firehouse in New Haven in a while. <laughs> um, I drive by them, but, you know, mm-hmm. because of COVID and everything else, mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't. I just, I you know, I talk to the young folks, especially the newer ones, to uh, just keep them abreast of what's out there, what's, you know, for classes and, and upward mobility and survival, you know, surviving the uh, surviving the, the, the institution. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So don't, you know, and I explained to him, don't, you know, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Uh, you got an event coming up here in August, yes. right? Late August. Can you describe a little bit about what that event is and, and what, what it entails? Well, over 50 years ago, we started um, our, our organization, International Association of Professional Black Firefighters. Mm-hmm. And the first meeting was held in Hartford, Connecticut downtown park wow so we were supposed to have our 50th anniversary you know three years ago but, mm-hmm. but now um we're, we're calling it the golden anniversary there you so go. what you're going to have is you're going to have firefighters from all over the world 
in Hartford downtown for a week. August 22nd through the 26th. 22nd through the 26th. If you see a bunch of firefighters in Hartford, now you know what's going on. Yeah, and you will. Um, And there's uh, the the hotel. Our rooms are right there. We had to change our numbers twice. Wow. So, and when we're talking about international, we're talking about people of color from all over the world. Yes. yes. Not just the U.S. Right. You're going to see, you know, firefighters from London, uh, Africa, Caribbean, um, you know, and then all over the country, too. You're going you're gonna to see folks. And then we do a thing on a Wednesday called a Memorial March. So imagine being downtown. We walk, we do the memorial at the church to, to honor our fallen. Uh, and you see a, a, a sea of black and brown and female firefighters marching down the street with their uniforms. Mm. So when those young folks see that, um, it, it makes a difference. They go, you know, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm always about positive visuals for our community, uh, especially people of color, people, females. And uh, you say, you talk about it with so much pride. That yes. I could, I could, you're just gleaming as you're mentioning this, this event and, and, and what, what takes place there. And uh, if you're a youth and you want to see positivity, August 22nd through the 26th, they'll be in Hartford. That Wednesday, what day, what day is that Wednesday? That we do the Memorial March that Wednesday. That's the 20, uh, 24th. The 24th, August 24th. And if you see a, a sea of policemen, I mean, firefighters, yes. sorry. See a fire, because you guys don't. <laughs> there's a distinction and there's always a war between policemen and firemen even though they all take the trainings together uh yeah, but, um, but uh you'll see firemen down on in hartford and that that is a great yeah. great event that's going to take place and we're having a community day we you know we give out book bags we uh, um classes we offer classes uh, mm-hmm. you know we're going to be in the community um the, the chapter there is called the phoenix society Mm-hmm. And then it gives us the opportunity too to honor our elders. You know, mm-hmm. you got some of the elders that are coming from again from all over mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. um, that we haven't seen in a while. Mm. But so, uh, so this is like almost like a, a a COVID coming out. Yeah, exactly <laughs> for, for the firefighters. Yeah, but we're gonna you know be safe and do what we're supposed to do. Of course, with protocols uh, in place. Um, but again, the partnership uh, and the visibility. You know, we go into the schools. We do a lot of different things. Uh, uh, and uh, again, we'll be there that whole week. So, so if if someone let's just start, if I'm a teacher or if I'm a mm-hmm. school, how what what should I do? How can I get in contact? Is there a phone number? What's what's the phone number? Well, anybody have any questions, they can call me two zero three eight six eight one five seven eight eight six eight five one one five seven eight five one seven eight. You got you got everyone now has uh, Mr. Tinney's number. If you go back and you want to hear the rebroadcast on <laughs> Facebook, so make sure you got that number. Yeah. Now, but you got to make yourself accessible. So, yeah, the number eight six eight one five seven eight. Okay, and that's two or three. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, <laughs> people who need prefixes. There's like a hundred of them now. It used to be just one. Um, so that's how you get in contact with you, and and then you could you make sure that someone goes out to the schools and stuff and speak. And so there should be no school. There should be no academic area where should feel like they cannot get in contact with someone to bring in public safety officers to talk to the children, especially here in New Haven. Right. Now, all they have to do is call, and I connect them with the New Haven Firebird Society. And Samad Nuke Rankins is still, you know, he's very active in, in training also. Okay. Very good. Very uh, and, good. And that's another thing I forgot to mention because him and some others. I go mention it. Oh, no, are, so go ahead. Um, you know, we, we identified a bunch of folks uh, that were interested in the fire service. 
Mm-hmm. So over the years, I've been training them. A group of guys from the organization have been training them how oh, to test. Oh, okay. And lo and behold, uh, uh, many of them became firefighters. Through the same mentorship? Yep. Uh, I, I can't express enough to the community out there and people who are listening the importance of being a mentor, about giving back, about reaching out to individuals who have a little bit of interest, just a tinchy bit. That's all you need, the seed for you to grow these these pillars throughout our community yeah. that are there now serving. I mean, you, you talk about these mentees, like yeah, no. they are a source of pride, your pride and joy right now, more yeah. more than your own accolades. You talk about yourself like, eh, man, whatever, but guess what I did for these kids? Yeah, and that's but that's what drives me. That's what fills my tank. See, uh, you know, I got a call yesterday from a reporter. Mm-hmm. said, Gary, uh, I, uh, we're getting ready to honor this young lady. She There was a car accident on Whitney Avenue, and she helped save these folks. And the first thing she said was, you know, they asked her why. She said, well, I was in this program over 11 years ago at Hill House. I'm like, what? And she <laughs> said, yeah, 11 years ago. So, I mean, you never know what impact you make on, mm. on these young minds. And for her to remember that and, 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 and uh, you know, for her to respond in that way to this reporter, um, you know, that that's that's what makes me smile. So, mm. yeah, you know? Because that, that, that's where you see the, the fruit of your labor. That's exactly. when you see the payback. Exactly. And then not necessarily a thank you or congratulations, because that doesn't mean anything from nope. a peer. But when you hear back that, wow. Yeah, that's that's what drives us and drives our organization to continue fighting for justice. All right. So we about got about 15 minutes left here, um, more or less. For those who are listening out there, this is Keeping It 100. I'm Jose Candelario. You're listening to 103.5 FM, WNHH, NewHavenIndependent.org. And uh, you're listening to Gary Tenney, retired firefighter, now community activist and advocate for uh, public safety officers. And he's looking to recruit new people coming in. What can you say to the people sitting at home that collected these pensions that did their service, their time. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm not going to say I'm not grateful for those who have put their time in. Well, for but, some... if, but if you're home <laughs> and you got a check and you got some spare time, what should, what, what can you tell those folks out there? Well, we're at a time and, and you know, in our communities that uh, we really need to, t- uh, we have the challenge of, of really tapping into, to our young folks, especially the young men out here. And take the time, even if you tutor or mentor one person, you know, bring them out for pizza or something. Sit them down, talk about life experiences and challenges, and try to get to them before they make that one bad decision. Um, we're seeing too much horror out here in the streets, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's I feel it's up to us to make a difference. And, and uh, you know, the folks that I, I usually uh, I surround myself with are doing the same thing. So, you know, if, if you have a day out of a month, um, you know, take the time. Hours. Yeah. I mean, hours. Literally. I'm, what, what is it to to call a youth up or, mm-hmm. or, or a church member or someone that you know that, that has a slight interest in, in public safety to go in and have that, that cup of coffee? Yeah. Pizza is so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a cup of coffee. You don't even have to take them out to yeah. lunch. You but, know? Uh, no, but that, but yeah. That conversation is very, very important. Yeah, you know, it is. And I'm thinking of another. Uh, I got a call last week. Um, from an individual I knew years. He called me. He lives in Manchester. 
And he said, I, ha- I have a young lady and her mother that I want to meet, introduce you to. Mm-hmm. And then to come to find out, I said, okay. Um, didn't, and what he wanted to do was she didn't know a lot of people. She wanted to become a doctor. She's 15 years old. They're from Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I sat there and listened to this young lady and what her goals were and, and uh, what she was looking to do in life. And, uh, you know, it was a pleasant experience just to listen to the mom. And, and uh, But they just wanted to make some connections to, so she could put her daughter in the right direction. So I, I, I told her to reach out to uh, Shaka Felder through Higher Heights because mm-hmm. they do some phenomenal work in the community too. And uh, Dr. McCarthy, uh, who's a female pediatrician in New Haven. Um, just so you can have that, that, that ear, you know, mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. gone to uh, HBCUs and, and they know the connections. It's, it's all about the network and meeting people in different fields. And uh, But anyway, she sent me an email that was so powerful just thank him for taking the time this young lady mm. and uh you know just little things like that just keep me going for those who and this is uh we, we're getting to now messages in here and and, and basically uh, uh doing uh infomercials <laughs> <laughs> you're a young person uh you you want to get involved in this uh public safety area you you're going to college in another state uh, why come back here and and and, new, and come back to New Haven? Because we have a lot of young people that go away, they stay away. Well, we need you. We need you to come back because a lot of you are part of families that have been entrenched in the community and making a difference in lives. And you know, you know, you know, it's one thing about New Haven is you. Uh, it's something about it that makes you always want to come back. You know, <laughs> especially if you drink the water from the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, no, we have, we have some jewels in the city, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, fortunately, a lot of them aren't recognized. But we have some jewels. I mean, some you know, I'm thinking of right now, Mr. Barber, who's mm-hmm. retiring, and he's, mm-hmm. he's he's been out there. Mr. Dyson, who mm-hmm. teacher at Ivy Street School. Yep, yep. Um, so there's so many folks that have been around in the families that grew up in the neighborhoods that are still connected. But uh, um, we need the youth to start replacing these yes, guys because uh, I saw Bill at Triple A the other day. I'm mm-hmm. like. It's God is good to him because he's still moving and shaking. He got that table full of movers and shakers around exactly. him. Exactly. To this day, you think Bill is not doing anything, but he's still working hard. And mm-hmm. we need to find these replacements for these individuals who I, I hold in esteem and revere. Real quick. Hi, Gary. Thank you for what you do. This is your cousin Lorraine from Cali. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool. And says, what's up? Yeah. Hi, cuz. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so, so we, we got to get these people out of their seats and retirees come back. We got to get these kids that get, get an education somewhere else. Please come back and contribute, um, join the fire department. And, um, for those individuals who are getting to the fire department, just know that there's more than just firefighters in a fire department. Yes. There are several positions there, you know? So if you want to talk a little bit about that, because some people just say, oh, that's, that's just firefighters. No, no, no. No. There's a whole system behind that. So there are other opportunities there. Well, you have the fire marshal's office, okay, which are fire inspectors, fire marshals, uh, um, uh, deputy fire. There's so many differences there. You know, and then you have the arson squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have, there's so many different, you know, there's desk jobs. So you don't always have to be on the line, but that's, that's where uh, uh, 
Um, That's that, where the fight takes place. Get into those desk jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, the opportunity and the training is there. You just have to be exposed to it. That's why when I say about the network, I have a the gentleman in Hartford is, is the uh, fire marshal there, Ewan. He's part of our organization. So we have the folks. If I, you know, if we don't have the answers, we're going to point you in the right direction of the folks that do have the answers. Um, mm. My nephew is in charge of the arson squad mm. um, here in New Haven. But I had to explain to some of them, you know, get off. You don't have to. Don't be on the line. Don't stay on the line like me for your whole career. Because <laughs> at the end of the career, it's going to, your body's going to. You will feel it. Remind you. you. Yeah. yeah. So, and then it puts you in a safer situation. Yeah. Yes. And, and then don't forget about the family, you know, because we, we chase, we have a tendency to chase the money and, and work a lot of overtime. But we chase that money, power, respect, and we forget about ourselves, family, right. and the community. Right. So that time. You can't make up for that missed time with your family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just think about that, too. Um, Find balance. Yes, exactly. Find balance between service and and to to your community and service for your family. Yes. I mean, uh, the divorce rate must be pretty high. (laughs) (laughs) Firefighting. I I can't imagine. But it's, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, that that mental, that that fire within. Mm -hmm. Um, These challenges, these are some real challenges. And then especially now during this pandemic and, you know, I can't imagine, you know, like what the teachers went through, what the parents went through, mm. um, you know, trying to balance, trying to make a, trying to survive and to lose, you know, there's been so much death. And, and uh, so we got to, we got to find a happy place. And this affects, you know, COVID has affected everyone and right. their institution. And, and we also got to be mindful that our firefighters are out there and they're going through the same things in their families and their background. And still showing up to work because I don't. I didn't hear about the fire department shutting down for COVID. No. So that didn't. That does not happen. No. That is not a choice for our public safety officers, our frontline workers. Was not an option to stay home and educate. They they still had to go out there, expose themselves, take calls, and 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 respond and and respond, and then go home to their families. You know, go home to their loved ones and possibly expose. You know, so there was a lot to that. So I get. Kudos to all the public safety folks out there, because that I mean I can't I can't imagine how that felt mm. to to you know mm-hmm. I, I can't uh, some shoes I refuse to put myself in <laughs> that is one of them um, we're, we're coming to a close here okay. we've been here an hour already wow sweet Jesus I never I haven't spoken that long, long. Uh, whatever man <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thank you for taking the time to come out here in person down to our studios in New Haven I know that uh, you know during these times is. We're, we're reopening our doors. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to Keep It in 100 with Jose Candelario here at 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven, Independent.org. You've been listening to a conversation with retired firefighter Gary Tenney. If you need any more information, he is on Facebook under Gary Tenney, G-A-R-R-Y-T-I-N-N-E-Y. In case you want to message him on Facebook directly with any questions. Um, and his phone number again is 203-868-1570. If you need him to come down with his team of uh, of uh, from his association to educate children in school system, please reach out to him. He's willing to talk. If you have any youth that are in there slightly interested in public safety, please let him let him know. Um, let let somebody get in touch with them. You know, get that that that, that seed, mm-hmm. of water it, nurture it, and uh, get these guys jobs. Yes, yes, right. Most I mean, definitely. that's yes. <laughs> ultimately we're saying. We have an opportunity to get employed. We're guaranteeing you, almost guaranteeing you a job. If you follow certain steps yeah. and guidelines, you listen to, to, to the association and their, and their wisdom, infinite wisdom that they have, boom. Yeah, it's a, it's a 
great resource. And uh, if I may, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to the summer school graduates who graduate tomorrow from Hill House. uh, Uh, Speaking there tomorrow. So I just want to say congratulations. And, uh, you know, resiliency means a lot. Oh, look at that. Yeah, man, you're everywhere. What what haven't you done in the past three months? (laughs) Where haven't you been? I, uh, no, I'm working. Working hard. You you say you're working harder now than you did um, before you retired. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, it seems that way. I am the fire commissioner in Hamden. Um, so it's, it's so you really got multiple hats on during a week. Uh, okay, all right. And I'm thinking you, you was in Barbados on a boat on a little yeah, yacht already. No, no, one day. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully soon. I thank yeah. you for your service. I thank you for everything you've done for our city, um, everything that you had to endure, um, those litigious moments in your life. You, people don't understand how many people are benefiting right now. If you're working for the New Haven Fire Department, if you're a person of color, how you have benefited from Gary Tinney's work. There's thank a you. lot of people. So I thank you personally uh, for everything in case no one has, because New Haven doesn't like to thank or congratulate. So <laughs> I will congratulate and elevate you to the status of, of one of our elders. Um, thank you so much though. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Juan. And, uh, it's Jose. Look, look, look at uh, that. Jose. My <laughs> Got me confused with the other uh, Hispanic. Yeah. Gotta stop it. I don't have that much power. Thank you, Jose. Juan, yeah. Juan's a state rep. I'm not, I don't have that authority. But thank you for I putting apologize. me in that class. No, you gotta apologize. You put me in a, in an upper class right now. Yeah, I was like, nah. Okay. nah, well, you, you definitely, this is your, your, this is you. You get, you got, you got it. No, I, I appreciate it. Yo, you, I'm Jose Candelari. You've been listening to Keeping It in 100 with me, Jose Candelari, 103.5 FM, WNHH. This has been a great conversation with Mr. Gary Tenney. Uh, I would like to say thank you to everybody. And until next time. Yeah, I think am I playing music? Yeah, I'm playing music. All right. All right. All right. Let well, me DJ my own thing. Ow. Thank you, Jose. But thank you, sir. <laughs> Anybody else you want to say hi to before we leave? I just want to say hi, stay safe, and congratulations to all the folks and families that are are uh, just out there and smiling. Just yeah. try to make make it better for everybody. That's all. All right, and, and you already heard it from the from the man's mouth. The man, the I want to talk about. Yeah, the man's keeping me down. No, the man was in the building and he's trying to uplift you. His name is Gary Tenney, y'all. Until next time, I'm Jose Canelario. Have a great afternoon. <laughs> Siempre va 